and welcome everybody. This is another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host, Callahan, and we do have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be recapping yesterday's, well, I guess when this will be coming out tomorrow, so Saturday's uh, 2022 MLC draft, where everybody got to pick their decks, uh, go through, and, uh, you know, all all 128 uh, selections. Uh, so joining me to break this all down, uh, returning again for the third time on the channel, is uh, everybody loves him. He just crossed over a thousand followers on Twitter. Is uh, the wonderful, moderately anonymous MTG, otherwise known as Dan. Dan, how are you doing today? Hey everybody, doing great. Very excited to be here. Very excited to come back and talk about this crazy, crazy draft. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get to that, also want to introduce our other uh, our other uh, analyst today, and of course, you know him as your commander mechanic. It's our good friend Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I think at this point, common co-conspirator would be uh, <laughs> a good, good title. Yeah, I, I think that's a decent way of putting it, and it's it's really interesting. So let's get like right into it here. So we were we were pontificating upon pontificating about how we thought Najila was going to go down to six or excuse me seven uh, there with Deco. Uh, obviously, as we know, Nick made what was, in my opinion, the correct choice in drafting Najila first, and it didn't. I know we kind of had talked about, uh, Chris, that there was a potential for like a ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. Where that would just change the way people drafted. But from the looks of it, everything kind of went exactly how not 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 exactly, but kind of went sort of how I thought things would go. Uh, what was what was kind of your take on how that draft went? Uh, so I, I think that there are definitely some picks that we were able to predict in here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that number one pick that for weeks we had as Magda uh, changing changed a few things in here, but for the most part, people got the decks that they were comfortable with or the decks that they wanted for first pick, yeah. which was fantastic. However, that butterfly flapping its wings of Najila going first pick over Magda going first pick ended up with Ian getting Magna Ian getting, yeah. in, in second round, which I think for everybody involved here is a worst case scenario for that. Yeah, it's really funny, actually, uh, because he, he wasn't even thinking it was going to get to him because everybody was very expecting Nick to either pick it first round or obviously people were expecting. OK, so he he takes it. He doesn't take it first round, but surely he takes it second round. And second round, he, he picks Hanada Breach. And so, and and we, you, if you were watching along, uh, you would know that, uh, especially if you watched Ian's stream, when Ian picked uh, Magda, Magda there with the 64th pick, Nick groaned because he was planning <laughs> on taking it at 65. So, so, so Dan, did, did Nick just get greedy here? Like, is that, that what happens? Or, I, I, I don't know. I think... I think he must have, but like, I don't know. I, I want to believe that Nick at this point was just like, I'm just going to drop this and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go for it. But like he did, he was going to try to pick it up round three. Is that the word that we're hearing? I missed out yeah. on the actual drafting experience because I was streaming last night, but that I guess. So yeah, I guess that is, I don't know. I can't, I would hesitate to call it greed because I think that I would agree with Nick that that is a third round choice. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, given what things are left when you're when you're in Ian's position, those are starting to look like some pretty strong choices. I said this in our little group chat before we started tonight that I also think that Ian on Magda is going to be a serious force to be reckoned with. Something Absolutely. that we talked about last time was just well, people who are well, like lacking the reps against Magda. Ian's going to be able to exploit it very well. He's a very good politicker. He's definitely going to be able to work himself into some situations with Magda that people will regret allowing him to be able to get that. Well, oh, let's yeah. take a look at that 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 uh, coalition north uh, division here, real quick. Where the four picks uh, we got there were number one for Ian uh, was, of course, he picked Rog Silas with the 32, 32nd pick. 
then he went and picked Magda and then Abzing Kodama stacks and then Grist Hulk. Uh, so you've got those four decks there for Ian Pongo. Uh, Pongo had what I would call an absolutely incredible draft, uh, considering yeah, like he was <laughs> the fact that Pongo drafted 25th in each round. And here are the decks that he drafted in order, mind you. Kenrith Evolution, Kenrith Stacks, Thrasios Tevish Midrange, and Alesha Stacks. So not so at least two of those are S-tier decks, right? And then one of them, I would say, is about an A, maybe a maybe a maybe a low A, maybe a high B. And then you've got a really solid Mardu stacks list with Alesha stacks. And I, I don't know how he got two Kenrith decks. That's mind blowing I, to me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely mind blowing. The, the fact that it <laughs> the, the, the second Kenrith deck wheeled to second round is just in, like, what is everybody else thinking that they don't want to grab that Kenrith deck? Yeah. There and, are two color picks all across the board in round two oh, for yeah. people ahead of Pongo in 25th, in 25th, picking up the second Kenrith deck. Right. My word, that was just, and, were, the, I was the, very happy for a lot of the players being able to get things that they enjoyed in uh, in this draft. It seemed like a lot of people got like pet decks, Sage across the board, four Storm decks, very happy for them. But uh, also the people like Pongo in this draft are allowed to draft two Kenrith decks is absolutely well, and, bananas to me. And that's just to continue to go off of that. So let's look at Spleenface's draft, who managed to with the so, so Morgan drafted in the 20th spot. His uh, first pick was uh, Thrasios Timna Hermit Druid. All right. That's pretty solid. good. 20th yep, solid. Excellent pick one. 52nd pick picks Thrasios Vile Hermit Druid, which was still <laughs> on the board for some reason. Yeah. Um. 84th, he picks up Gerard Eggs, uh, and his last pick was Esper Razakats. And we, we we spoke about this in the uh, group chat, and we'll we'll get into this here in a minute. But he did drop on the waiver wire Gerard Eggs uh, to pick up Ariumi Spellseeker. And uh, Reed also did that with one of uh, his draft picks as well, uh, which was uh, – well, we'll just read off Reed's. Uh, draft, which was uh, first pick CST, then Blue Pod, which I, I can't believe Blue Pod made it that far. Uh, third pick was uh, Kadama Clothes at 85, and the last pick was Adaptive Sassay, which is Choir Boys list. And so uh, the both of them, I kind of theorized, so I didn't get to talk a lot of strategy with uh, the Into the North guys. Uh, my theory is, is that those third round picks from both of them were intentionally vague, weird picks that they were okay with playing if those were the best decks, but then seeing what gets left over and then picking up on the, you know, the 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 trades after because they hit me up with they they immediately, it was like within 10 minutes of the draft ending, where we're dropping these, this is what we want. Those are the wild card picks. Like those are third round. You grab something that you're kind of mid on. And mm-hmm. if something that you want wheels, drop it. I think that's a very, very smart play, especially as a third round pick. I think that's yeah, right where you yeah, want to be. Agreed. It certainly seems that way, especially given um, the things that end up getting uh, left on the cutting floor. Like if you can pick up a Demir deck, we saw that last year with people. I think Nimrus was another one of those swap outs at the end. If you can pick up any Demir list, that's just going to be great. It's an easy way to just. Yeah, well, we saw we, we, we saw Scoots do that with Kells where yes, Kells sorry, had gone on drafted and uh, Scoots was like, what am I doing playing this deck? I'm going to pick up, you know, Kells. Uh, and so Reed notably dropped Kodama clones to pick up a uh, Grenzo Doomsday, uh, which is, you know, a, a very, very solid deck as well. They were talking about in the broadcast uh, over on Monarch about how good how Grenzo Doomsday is like a real deck. 
Yeah. Um, I play against it not infrequently. There's a person in my Patreon Discord who's a very big Grenzo fan, and it's a strong deck, you know? Like, it's Rakdos. Rakdos is good. There's a lot of good Rakdos cards these days, and it goes really fast. It, like, it really takes advantage of the London Mulligan, which is a very interesting aspect of the deck. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty strong. I would make that swap any day uh, up to Grenzo. So, especially when we're looking at the Coalition North... Um, the meat grinder, as we called it last time. This is this is going to be uh, exactly a grindy. I mean, when you look at the list that everybody drafted, um, you can pretty quickly suss out. Okay, Rog Silas is never getting played in a division match. I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Yeah. I, I I don't think Ian is going to try and play Rog Silas into that pod. No, I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, it 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 would be a very bold decision on his part. <laughs> uh, but like Grist, Abzan, like Kodama, which ha- which he's putting a Hulk package into. We approved that for him. Cool. Uh, you know, Magda Clock even because we've seen Magda just be fine in these stacksy, you know, grindy board states. Can play through uh, those stacks pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what happens in that division. Uh, I, it is it is interesting. Um, Esper Razakats, which is a Varina list. I'm really interested to see what Morgan does with that list because uh, I, I'm a big fan of Varina, the Lich Queen. And uh, it's a very interesting advantage engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go back to back to the draft table here. Looking, we we talked about we kind of knew this going in. Uh, we had talked to talked to Michael. I think everybody had confirmed this with him that he was taking Winota at number two. Mm-hmm. And what was a bit of a curveball to the uh, draft and the way things went down uh, was the addition of Ink Moth stepping in for Mana Dork, who had to drop out at like this past week. So up until this point, Mana Dork was expecting to pick third, and he loves to play Storm, was really big on Joyra. Now you have Ink Moth, and Ink Moth steps in, and it's green deck, green deck, green deck, green deck. Yeah, which is incredibly on brand there. I love to see this when I looked at the results uh, last night after stream was over. (laughs) And absolutely ecstatic on Twitter about it mm-hmm. as well. They were like, four green decks, let's go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good on them. They got exactly what they wanted out of this. And Quack truly I mean, the patron saint of green. So yeah, I couldn't be happier for them to get all four mono green decks. I hope that they do very well in the tournament and that they just bring mono green the, the shine that they always want to. Absolutely. And, well, we're seeing these moth, monocolored decks yeah. do really well. I mean, we've, we've seen mm-hmm. them put up results and I think we've seen mono white uh, top four. We've seen mono red top four and win big tournaments. There's no reason why Mono Green can't shine here. It's performed very well previously. Yeah, I well, think it was last mono, week that Scott said that it's like you get a turn two Salvala down, you're going for a win on turn three. If no one can stop you, you know, it's a good deck. You know, speaking of mono colors, I want to I want to look at somebody's draft here that I thought was very interesting. I want to look down here at 29 at higher, who had basically a mono colored draft. Um Higher picked uh, to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Uh, Kinnan Mirror with his first pick at 29. Mm-hmm. Um, however, worst surprises was at 61, Kirk Storm was not expecting to see that go in the mm-hmm. second round. Third round, Al Combo. Okay, sure. That's a decent third round yeah, uh, deck. Third round pick. We, he's, been, he's been brewing around it, playing it a lot recently, sure. And then Turgrid as the final pick is a a pool of cards. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to put it. (laughs) I saw Hire say on Twitter, someone asked him about the Turgrid deck and he uh, responded and said, that's the deck with the spice in it. So if Hire is Hire is one of the spiciest people I know, I remember him actively talking about testing with uh, serum powder and things like that. He was just I, he made a thread on Twitter that was anyone suggest a card and I will start testing it in a deck somewhere. <laughs> so if Hire is saying that there's some spice in Turgrid, I'm very excited to see what uh, Hire brings with the Turgrid deck. It's going to be something completely out of left field. Yeah, I, I am 
very, very eager to see what he ends up doing with this list and how it ends up performing, because we know that Turgrid is a boogeyman at casual tables. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people say, hey, look, the higher in power level you get up, the less of a concern it is. Uh, let's have higher prove them all wrong on that, because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm eager to see it. I'll tell you, so I used to I'm, play Turgrid in a Wheel Thief deck, and the incremental value that you pick off of, of weird things like Mystic Remorse going away from your cumulative upkeep triggers and things like that, you yep. get absolutely wild amounts of value. You're playing Dark Deal or something like that, and you start picking up people's mana rocks, and it's really easy to piece together some really fantastic things with Turgrid, so I'm excited to see higher play it. I think it's going to be interesting because I think we've... So this is like we talked about for the last few weeks is that because of the restriction on how many... Uh, color decks like exist in the format that you can draft. You are going to see a higher number of these monocolor decks just kind of naturally come to the top just because of the nature of the fact that there's limited resources. So, you know, once you get down to the end here, but I mean, it looks like going in his, you know, expectation was I want to take monocolor decks and, and it's interesting you kind of uh, flip that with uh, somebody, you know, the the mono white guys, right? Mm. Uh, of, you know, like look at uh, Michael Levine, right? So Levine obviously is playing very much within his wheelhouse. He's playing Winota Stacks, a deck he's very comfortable on. He's playing Armix Timna, which is his deck. He's very comfortable on that. He's playing... Uh, you know, four color control or wild pile. Um, and he's playing Orvar. And so like even Michael is kind of in single colors a little bit, but also has a four color deck, which was his third round pick, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we, we had talked about the draft weeks ago and said, look, these great three and four color decks are going to get snapped up in round two. There's just such a volume of them that they're naturally going to bleed over. I wasn't expecting these good four color decks to go round three as well. I was expecting them to be taken in much higher priority than this. Yeah, not not only that, Food Chain Sliver dropped all the way down to the 70th pick in the yes. third round. Yeah, I, I was talking with Claire before this. Claire picked uh, Kess on pick two, knowing that they could come to me and like talk about the deck and strategies right. and things like that. Um, so we, we were just sitting down and talking over uh, a few of her deck lists. I couldn't believe that Food Chain fell down so far. I and mean, we were talking about it. And it's like, oh, you know, Food Chain. Food Chain is like, I'm, I'm sorry to Food Chain players, but I think Food Chain is bad. It just falls to so many things. It's not really great. You have to run a lot of weird cards. The Food Chain Sliver deck, though, they're off of like. The older things that I remember, like the manipulate face right. of the world are gone from the list. They're down to just extract and like the tainted. But um, you but just it's also like a layered list, too. Yeah, it's just a five color consultation it's a five list. Five it's color just with extra exactly. silences, yeah. you know, like it just does good stuff. It's a great deck. Like I cannot believe five color slivers went down that far. Well, yeah. and especially because I know Scotty had brought up, I, I think I believe it was last week that he had mentioned you know, if it gets to kill stars, he would not be surprised to see kill stars take uh, food chain sliver and he wield it twice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, okay, that's a fall from grace for that deck. It absolutely is. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, just the fact that a five color deck went round three and wasn't snapped up in rounds one or two again blows my mind. I'm a relatively well, it, new to CDH player. I think like 2019-ish I started playing, but I remember five chain uh, food chain sliver being like one of the decks in the format that was like just incredibly, incredibly strong and consistent. Yeah, it was yeah. S tier for a while. Absolutely. And now you have uh, all these rule of law decks, and we're we're gonna probably gonna talk about them mm. in, in a moment. Um, but there's rule of law decks everywhere, and you know those food chain lists don't. They play hor like yeah. we, we. There was always that running joke uh, before, right? Where food chain lists couldn't win through a Ristic study. It's even worse when there's a bunch of rule laws uh, flo going around it's because so they popular. literally cannot win through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and not only that, but like Dranith too, just another one of like the most popular right. cards right now to be playing in white. It just there are so many things that puts a food chain in, out in the cold that um, but at the end of the day, you you just have consultation and you have access to sevens wreck and underworld breach lines like there are just so many things that you can do just under the umbrella of just having five colors that just it's inherently incredibly strong. Yep. I, yeah. And I, I think that that uh, increase in the prevalence of white in a lot of these decks and those stacks pieces just being ubiquitous now has really killed a lot of the uh, the combo potential out of yeah. a lot of the format. Now we go hard value over the straight combo decks because, uh, you, you know, you, you're losing to the Duranis, you're losing to the rule of law effects, and those uh, those stacks pieces are just everywhere. You don't have to be in a hard stacks deck to run these st- these stacks pieces, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, to kind of go through and look at all of these lists and kind of see where people landed. You know, we talked about Kill Stars. Uh, Killstars ended up going with Thrasios Vile Turbo, uh, Timnatana Hermit Pod, which, you know, it's just Sans Blue Hermit Druid, uh, Rog, and that is his deck, too, uh, mm. for what it's worth. So, like, he's super comfortable on that deck, and the fact that he got to pick that second, I think, is huge. Yeah. Huge for him. Um Rog Tevish Turbo round three and then uh, Harvest Animar. And so Killstars uh, killed it. Uh, I, I think I think he, he had an absolutely wonderful draft. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. Her, and last pick Animar is like that's honestly an, another really surprising one. Like Animar, another deck that has sort of fallen from favor. It's sort yeah. of like um, certainly not respected as much as it used to be. But it's Teamer. You know, Teamer's good. <laughs> There's a lot of well, really good things he can do. Look how many three-colored decks were available for picks in the third round or in the fourth round. In the fourth yeah. round, like Bant like Stone going fourth round, like die. Uh, there's there's just a lot of really good stuff that wields so many times. Yeah, Ken got a last pick Abzan uh, ad nauseum deck. I think. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. There's lots of really good things to still pick yeah. up in round four. And he randomed into that the the uh, what was it the <laughs> the Tyam Tyam yes yeah, yeah. yeah his last two picks were were random so he he randomed into Timnacrom stacks darn and yeah, Tyam Abzan Druid <laughs> I Shoot. was saying that to him last night we were chatting real quick uh, uh, before I I got to bed after stream and I was just like oh congrats I'm picking up Timnacrom and he's like yeah I don't know I don't know anything about it I got it randomly but like it's got to be good it's like you're darn tooting about I mean, that it's got to be good it's just it's just Timnacrom and then stacks pieces and hate bears and you win by outvaluing your opponents that's what you mm-hmm. do it's that's all it is. Yeah, I, um, I saw him interested in the the Tyam deck as well, saying, "Does anybody play this deck? Can anybody talk to me about this? Because I have never played it before." So it is a very complicated list. I yeah. will say that that is I one of the decks Rebel that getting some kinda... enthusiastic help from the Tyam Discord. So hopefully they come out again and they can help Ken out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So speaking of Rebel, so Rebel random drafted again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was not here present doing it, but she had given me a randomized sheet. Um, I had randomized it, you know, again to make sure that it was a little bit more random. So we had a random stuff. And so as things got crossed off, uh, you just picked the next thing and we went kind of went down. So she got in order Snake Farm, which when I told her what she drafted, she was like, what the hell is Snake Farm? <laughs> I read um, that this morning and I was like, I have never heard of Snake right? Farm. I do not know what that is. <laughs> it, it's literally and it, it's kind of a meme deck. Because it's literally Timnatana Farm, but with Ikra and Bruce as the commanders. And I have the seen primer Cam from links, play to win play this. Yeah, the, yeah. the primer links to the Timnatana <laughs> Farm, uh, like, primer. So it, it's like literally the same deck. It's just different commanders. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite hilarious. Uh, but so she ended up getting that. Random them to Timnatana Hulk. Again, mm-hmm. uh, what are the odds? Two years in a row. Yeah, and that was a great deck too. She played it well last year, and it's like yeah, it's pretty she played fearsome. The it does cool stuff. And it's, then, a, it's a Hulk uh, deck. How is it not a good deck? Like it's, yeah. it's going to do the thing. Then she got Bant Kodama, which is Kodama and Ishai, right? Yeah, Kodama yep. and Ishai, 
And then uh, Mardu Stoneblade, uh, which is Arden and uh, Vile Smasher. And so, like, those are four fine decks, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all of those are good. And I think she's going to be able to do completely well. And uh, it's very funny because I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, well, when we're drafting here towards the end of this list, we're not going to have very many chances to get good high color lists did that i don't know that that ended up being accurate right not at all no no No, and i think that feeds into the the whole thing we were talking about last week with just lots of people taking comfort picks where people weren't highly prioritizing people (laughs) nobody took kenrith until pick 60 like just yeah just people picking uh things that they enjoyed which like i mean again we're like we we see uh michael taking the pick to white black when like there are lots of five and four color options still available but it's his deck. He's good at playing it. So like, it's a fine pick for him, you know, honestly. And it just, right. it, it, it panned out where there was this really just even spread of value across the draft, which honestly I think is great. It's going to make for a really awesome uh, league. Yes. I agree with you 100% on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of people, I think, I, I think flower had probably what I would say is probably one of the best drafts of everybody out there, honestly, she picking up Cody uh, at number eight, Teamer Polycracken at number 40, uh, Holland Midrange at 72, uh, is it Polyhorn at 104? So, I mean, those are all like solid decks, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And absolutely. exactly what she wanted, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Death was another person that had a really good pod of just Armix Crom at yes. first, four color Luris second, Toxtral Control, which is like I think I I'm really interested to see it and how it does in the league this year against the other decks. I mean, I'm a Toxtral stand, so obviously I got my my biases, but I, I'm very interested to see how it does in the environment. Girl knock, not as great. <laughs> I am I also a Girl knock stand, but <laughs> I admit that it's <laughs> yeah, quite bad. Girl knock <laughs> will probably run into some issues. Yeah, Girl um, knock, it definitely has issues, but. Another what, solid, what is the trade deadline, picks. by the way? Is there still a chance the, for, for so, Death to potentially get rid of that? Uh, potentially. Uh, people have until Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern time, 8 p.m. Central time uh, to get in to DM me their trades. So if you're listening to this Monday morning, you have until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to DM me and trade your list out. Um and so that is that is what's going on as far as that. Now, one of the, the distinctions with the trades was you can't pick up a deck that somebody dropped. So mm-hmm. uh, once it's draft, once somebody picks it, it's gone. Um, sorry, and Gerard so fans. What'd you say? Said sorry, Gerard Eggs fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, losing out on this one. Uh, and, and the reason for that specifically, um, just to kind of elaborate on that, was to make sure that because we didn't want players like picking decks so that they could trade it to their friend mm. and, you know, stuff like that. And so it's specifically so you can't do like, oh, I'm going to drop this deck and then, oh, he, he's going to come and he's going to pick up the deck. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? So it, it specifically kind of tries to elude a, a evade. I think is the word I'm looking for those sorts of situations. But um, yeah, so far, uh, so far, as far as trades as of this moment, uh, what the uh, trades so far have been, we talked about sick. We talked about spleen One, uh, the very first transaction though, was Ryan dropping Siona Boonweaver combo for croaks of world gorger dragon. And uh, what are your what are your all thoughts on that? I like it. Uh, honestly, I do. Uh, I, I think it's a, a nice little list and it's uh, sleek in the two color decks here. Uh, and it's definitely one of those ca- that can fly under the radar and win through mm-hmm. a lot of pieces mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think it's a good pickup. Yeah, I think I think the Croaks is a lot more defensible than Siona. There's just a, I don't know. This, the Siona list, it's it's certainly fine and it has its defenses. But I, you know, it, the. Crooks, it just has the advantage of being Rakdos and having advantage of some really, really high quality cards in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other uh, transaction that has been made was, uh, what was it? Charles dropped uh, Aurelius Stacks 
in favor for mono-white death and taxes for the dog and pony show. So we are seeing Yoshimaru get played in the league. There was some concern that the boy, the goodest boy, would not get be able to see play there for a moment. Don't worry, Charles. Charles dropped Aurelia uh, in favor of that. All and, those Aurelia uh, stands, though, shedding a tear. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, Scoots. <laughs> it's Scoots. Yeah, let's. We, we can name names. It's Scoots. Yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know that. I mean, I I'm certainly not going to disparage Yoshimaru. You can every, every listeners get that out of your mind right now. Yoshimaru, best boy. I'm glad he's being played. Champions of us all. But I think that Aurelia possibly better. I don't know. It's it's a weird deck though. It definitely it it asks for quite a few things to go right. Not I wouldn't say like the most amount of things to go right, but it asks for. It has a couple questions and needs some answers. One of the things Charles said when he he traded it, and of course, you know, it's Charles. He gave me his full logic for why he's doing it. We've got the 42 tweet um, thread. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thought process behind it was is that as he was building his version of it and he was going through all the different versions and kind of making tweaks that were to his play style, he was like, this is just turning into Elishnorn or Yoshimaru Kelleth. So why am I not just playing that? And, um, you know, and I think that's a perfectly valid uh, point where instead of because one of the things with that Aurelia deck is you're going to have to play the helm combo, which means you're mm-hmm. probably on some amount of Stoneforge package. And he was like, I don't want to be playing the Stoneforge package in this. Uh, and so he ended up deciding to move to a deck that fit what he wanted to be doing better. And yeah. Dog and Pony show much lower to the ground as well mm, yeah uh, i i think that it's for the environment that we're playing in uh i i don't think that you want to be doing the aurelia helm combos in this you're gonna have people that are uh gonna try and do all of the stack stuff possible uh and we aren't gonna draw games out uh, as long as people i i think are planning so being much lower to the mm-hmm. ground and accruing the kind of value that you can at a dog and pony show I think it's a good call to drop Aurelia stacks again. Sorry, all you angel fans out there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, when we're talking about a kind of player like Charles, it comes to the point that I I think like beyond do we think deck for deck is a good switch? Like I just trust Charles judgment, honestly, as a player and just knowing knowing how he plays best. If the dude wants to run a mono white deck, nobody's going to stop him. I mean, of all the people in the world. (laughs) Well, and that's so very interesting. Um, very interestingly, speaking of mono white, with that pickup, all the mono white decks did get picked. All Which five of them. Yeah. Um, there were only two mono blue decks that got picked as of the recording of this. Three of the mono black decks got picked, which I was shocked. <laughs> Two by high. I didn't know uh, I mean, we know hires <laughs> yeah. to blame for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of one of them's Adam picking Yogmoth, which on it, okay, mm-hmm. Yogmoth, I get. I've been playing a lot with Yogmoth recently. Yogmoth's insane. Yeah, um, it's a very strong card. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an insane magic card. Um, you know, mono red. Uh, only three of the five got picked. Mono green, obviously, we know, uh, you know, Inkmoth took all of them. But uh, the only category that didn't, uh, that was the only monocolored category that had all of its car, uh, decks selected. Now, I don't know if you guys have looked at the spreadsheet or not, or if you were actively looking at it. Do you know which two color category did not have a single color selected. Oh, I do. <laughs> I don't think like Chris, Chris does. Guess, I, I want to see Chris guess. No, 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 no. Um, do I see a green white list on here or not? There's adaptives no? to say. Okay. From, yeah, you're from close. And Siona got drafted. Uh, hint, um, it's the worst two color pair. I. <laughs> Everybody's going to say blue-white, um, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll spoil it for you. It yeah. is uh, not a single red-green deck got picked oh, in no this way. draft. Not really? a single list, so. 
The Gruel uh, decks no, are in a weird position right now in the meta. Yeah. I think they like they have some good strong combos, but many of the decks are on Kiki combos, which again, like Food Chain, get shut off by a lot of things. There are I feel like a lot of the Gruel decks are pulling themselves in sort of different directions with the their strategies and axes that they're fighting on, and uh, I. Yeah, I don't know. There's just I guess there's there's not enough uh, Molochs and uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the person who is the the Brewer, uh, the Brewer. Not Rurik enough of those people hands, in the yeah. world uh, <laughs> shouting from the rooftops that they should be playing Rurikthar at the moment, I think. Uh, they're like fairly strong decks, but I mean, I, I'm personally not particularly interested in the Gruul decks of the world either. So I can understand going for different decks over them. And I mean, when you compare those to like. Things like Crick or even Ao Al, um, yeah, they those work on some very interesting axes that I think are like currently a little bit stronger than just Snoop Piles, right? Well, next piece of trivia for you guys: which uh, three color deck did not get selected? Oh, this is a good question. Ooh. I don't know. My my first guess is one of the Mardu ones, since all of the Mardu ones were picked very late in the cycle. Okay, uh, that's not a, that's not a bad guess, Dan. Do you have a guess? My instinct says that it can't be Mardu because I love Mardu. <laughs> I would, <laughs> gosh, I would have to think it's got it. No, it's not Absan. Uh, gosh, I don't know. It is Naya with Shuffle Atla not getting picked. Mm. Oh, wow. Interesting. Atla Polani, to the surprise of nobody, did not get picked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody was get, had to get talked out of picking Shuffle Atla, if I recall correctly. So, I mean, someone out there was thinking about it. I don't remember if it was Jib or Cobble, but somebody was thinking very hard. Well, I do it. believe that Cobble was saying he was planning on taking it first. And I, 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 I. I said this, I know I said it on Twitter and I don't remember if I said it in the, in the podcast episode, but when he, I genuinely was like with Cobble, I don't know if it's bullshit or not. (laughs) (laughs) Cobble's got a very dry sense of humor. Very, very Sometimes he just plays it so straight that you're like, man, I have no idea if you're being for real or not. And I hate it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, um, you know, speaking of Cobble, Cobble, I think, had a pretty solid draft. Um, picked up Blood Pod with the fifth uh, selection there. Uh, Esper Farm, uh, another deck that he's really good uh, with. He loves Tim Nasakashima there at the 37th pick. Um, what is that? Uh, Soltai Raza Midrange, which is Armix Thrasios. There in the uh, third round at 69th pick. Nice. And uh, he picked uh, Blue White Shift Flash uh, as his 101st pick. And uh, that is, he's made, he said in the draft, uh, that was one of the ones that we said you could play either Tigam, Grand Arbiter, or Shorakai. And he was like right off the bat, oh, I want to play it as Shorakai. I was like, okay, yeah. you can decide mm-hmm. when you submit. But that's, <laughs> yeah. So we know he's going Shorakai. Um uh, but uh, and I, I'm fairly confident he will end up because Esper Farm was another one of the ones you could pick between either uh, Malcolm or Sakashima. Knowing mm-hmm. Cobble, I expect that to be a Sakashima for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he had a solid Soltai uh, Armix is Armix is really good in oh, these yeah. sorts of metas. Yeah, it allows you a lot of flexibility because, I mean, obviously it gives you access to black, so you get all the great tutors and everything. But just that that ability to control the board, cast it very easily with a Jeweled Lotus, great attacker. It's just yep. it's a really, really strong card. Yeah, and you can layer that deck as well and have a lot of different lines in it, too. So it's just mm-hmm. versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of one of the questions I think uh, – is my biggest question for you guys is, and I'll start this with Chris. Chris, who do you think had, in your opinion, like the best draft of the 32? Oh, so maybe not even your, maybe, okay, maybe not even the best, but your favorite draft of the 32. Okay. Best or favorite, either either works. Pongo picking up the two Kenris decks, I I think like that, that is 
all-star draft right there. Just yeah. just the, from the first two picks, getting to pick the two Kenris lists, I, I think that, that that right there wins you the draft, getting two five-color <laughs> lists, round one, round mm-hmm. two. I think that that's fantastic. I, I would say that a lot of other people had personal wins in their drafts as well, grabbing a lot of decks that they wanted, a lot of stuff that they were really comfortable with, and you just love it for them individually. So overall, I think that there were very, very few misses overall in this draft but yeah. as as to who had the best draft i think pongo being able to pick up the two counter stacks uh back to back in rounds one and two i think that that i just i can't believe yeah. that it, it exactly got it, two Kenra decks. that's just insane right and <laughs> that that alone that's like that's that's draft winning worthy right there yeah yeah dan is is to share chris's opinion here I think I think that it, the very strong case for Pongo, if we're going to say like if we're going to declare a winner of the draft with like just highest quality picks, I think that that's probably a very, very strong argument for that. I, I'd be hard pressed to say that, like, I don't know, there are some other people who got some very, very good ones. Uh, Splain picked up some really good things. Mm-hmm. Sick picked up some good things. Uh, Claire. Claire picked up Cass, so Claire is my personal winner. Claire wins the draft to me. And she also got Quark Socket clones, which historically has been doing very well. She's right. a really good player, and I know that she's going to like take her time to like really get, get her shit down with this deck. So I'm excited to see her do well with that. Sage, also very honorable mention for Sage, drafted four straight Storm decks. So I know they're just like and, absolute and losers. They're favorite decks as well. Like, yes, good, they got exactly really what they picks. wanted. Exactly. Literally, yeah, exactly. when I talked with Sage, those were the four decks that were at the top of their draft order. Yeah. And they yeah, got very all four of them. them. And I they're, just, they're that, all really great I, decks too. Like yeah. just absolutely solid picks. So yeah, very excited to see how they do in this draft because the, I, I we saw it like last year, some people getting some things that were like not as home base as the, the groups of picks seem to be this year. It seemed like there's just a lot more uh, good feeling spreads of decks in this meta. Mm hmm. Um, one of the other drafts uh, that I thought was really – I honestly think uh, Fukins also had an incredibly good draft uh, getting Razakats round one, which is – That was counter to what we good. predicted. Uh, I mean, that was. We were expecting Goto hmm. from him at some point. Yeah, um, and the fact that Razakats went round one too. Uh, I mean mm-hmm. it, the, the first – uh, predictions that we made scoots said there's no way rats gets picked round one and mm-hmm. here it is so, you have a little faith yeah yeah uh Razzikats going there uh advantage thrasios at 49th derevi stacks is a solid list as somebody mm-hmm. who plays yeah. with pongo frequently uh and then you know jund rograk turbo Nas. and this is a deck that shaper and whimsy have been really, really high on recently mm. as like a very solid Jund Turbo Nas strategy. The fact that you I'm get a, playing a with three uh, color Nas deck round four as well. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, I, I wouldn't have expected it to, to go that far. And a rogue rack one too. Like that's a lot of really solid solid value getting those extra uh, rituals and things that you get with access to rog. Oh yeah. The, yeah. um, the bur- brittle effigies and whatnot are the burning effigies and yeah. Yeah. Infernal punch, just the turn one calling the week and all that thing. It yeah. has the potential for some extremely explosive starts. I'm used to playing with Bunny Joe Burton and their, uh, their rog, uh, Citadel deck. And it is just absolutely so, so explosive. It's explosive. Definitely, you know, I've seen those opening hands back, that she posts. Yeah. Yeah. The, the like, Hey, here's a turn one win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're really, really fearsome. Uh, once you, once you know the deck well and you know what you're looking for, they can absolutely brutal openers. So another, another list, uh, of a draft that I'm interested to hear your opinions on is, uh, Josh mind muscle magic, the, the newest sculpty boy, uh, as he calls himself the muscle sculptor. <laughs> um, so he drafted, uh, teamer pirates or teamer Malcolm, uh, Esper Doomsday, which is uh, Timna Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drafted Elish Norn Stacks, which evidently he sniped from uh, from Charles because Charles was planning on drafting that round three. Yeah. And uh, he got Orzhov Stoneblade or Rebels Hand in Hand deck. So you're seeing uh, the Teamer Pirates, you know, we saw that go pretty far last year 
in yeah. the league, be very successful. We saw Esper Doomsday, which is probably one of the new up and comers in CEDH right now, right? Uh, and then two Staxi decks uh, at the back end there. Like, I, I think he had a really solid draft overall. Nothing yeah. above three colors, but all decks that I think are like going to take him pretty far. That, that teamer Malcolm deck is real good and has only yes. gotten better since last year's league. Like yeah. it, mm-hmm. it is just a deck that keeps getting better and better. And I, I would expect it to do some real work for him for sure. It's a great round one pick. Yeah. Any of these decks that are just heavily reliant on their creature based combos are going to do really well into these medicine unless people are really packing the mana drains and the delays, which I would definitely heavily advise people to do because you're going to get steamrolled by some of these decks like the team or Malcolms of the world that just are going to come in with their creature based combos and just your dispel isn't going to do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and here's here. Here's the type of type of hand that you're going to want to keep. Uh, because uh, Jim from the Spike Feeders uh, kept a, a drafted a deck very near and dear to my heart uh, with uh, Grease Fang uh, vehicles, or as yeah. I call it, Grease Fang's big, beautiful Buicks. And um, I, I, I had an opening hand the other day that was actually on Veil of Death's channel uh, where, you know, Ryan is going first, Mord on Elsha is going second, uh, Ryan was playing Salvala. I'm going third and uh, Death is going fourth playing uh, Tevish uh, Thrasios. And Silvala has to mold, mold down to like five, I think. Uh, plays a turn one land. Uh, uh, what is it? Jeweled Lotus into Silvala. Cool. Passes the turn. We see some mana rocks come out of Mord. I go, cool. Land. Mox Diamond. Uh, mana Crypt. Linvala. Pass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody at the table groaned. Yeah. So uh that 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 is going to be, Jim, uh the type of opening hands that are going to take you places in this league. Uh it, it just and in overall, I think we talked about this earlier. I think Jim Overall, it, you know, randoming into Brea consultation, Brea, mm-hmm. you know, it's four color good stuff. It can only be fulfilling so my bad, prediction right? that Jim would take a consultation deck pick one, which is hilarious that yes. he did that it randomly into it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. He, he was not prepared for somebody to take Minsk before him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we we yeah. had talked about that, too, that uh, Jim was looking to very highly pick Minsk and his lane takes it the turn before him. What are the odds? Yeah, and Islaine was just quietly sitting there like, nobody knows what I'm going to pick. You know, nobody's really super familiar with me. But after talking with him, this that's one of his pet decks. He brews it all the time. It's one of his, yeah. you know, most comfortable uh, slots. And so he was like, I'm going to grab it right now. I know Jim wants it. And so <laughs> he got it. And then Jim just pops into the chat and he goes, Cal, I need you to random for me. I don't have a backup plan. Uh, <laughs> so, did not prepare for this. Uh, Great. He he got Brea. Brea is really good. Uh, Grease yeah. Fang, of course. You've heard me sing the praises of that deck on this channel. Uh, obviously, he picked up, and this is interesting. Uh, we'll, I'll come back to this in a second once we go through this whole list. But Urza Polycracken at three. And then uh, Cole Clampstorm in, uh, in the fourth round. Urza has every year so far that we've done this, it was like high round two last year. And this year it dropped to like the middle of round three. Yeah. Like people have just come off of Urza like all together. Yeah. It feels like I, I think that that's There's a mistake. There's a lot of new toys in the world. Yeah, I I think that uh, Urza is just always a really, really solid deck, no matter how you build it. It's just a fantastic piece to sit in the command zone, whether you end up casting him or not. I think it's fantastic. There's no way you don't get value out of a, an Urza deck, and I'm shocked to see it fall yeah. this late. I think that this is the year for monocolored decks. I think that, that that's yeah. what we're going to see here. We saw them pick very, very highly throughout the draft, and we're seeing more three-color lists go later rounds than we are the monocolored lists. Mm-hmm. I think that we've really seen the table set for these monocolored decks to be the all-stars this year. 
Yeah. yeah, I would love to see people, uh, the confidence of people like Hire just pay off for them in, throughout this league and just really because uh, there's there's a lot of talk about just you don't pick the monocolor decks because they're not as good as the four and the five color piles, uh, which is like true to a certain extent. And then there's also just the other side of the coin that there's also the players behind these decks and you need to consider just what being a good player does for the deck that's in your hands. Yeah, well, no, I'd well, love to see us be able to trade the conversation we, on just we had a. We had a, a comment on, I think it was our last video or it was the, the video before uh, where we were breaking these down, where uh, one of the commenters was like, uh, you guys are crazy. There gonna, aren't going to be any four or five color decks left after the first round. There were five color decks all the way into the third round. Um, yeah. And four color decks all the way into the third round. Like people were drafting very, I feel very intentionally outside of Ken and Rebel, right? Yeah. Ken with his first two picks was very, very intentional. But like Rebel was full random, right? And so, you know, we, we're seeing all of the mono white decks get played. Obviously, there's two mono white guys there, but uh, Nick is playing one of the the white decks, which is Oswald. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Were there any decks... I'll start. Uh, I'll, I'll last question before we wrap up. Dan, were there any decks that didn't get picked that you're surprised by? I didn't actually see the final list of what is on the chopping block right now. Do we have a list of what's still uh, what's still off of the the picks? Uh, yeah. Uh, it should be. Let me just uh hit you. Uh, you know, while I'm doing that. Uh, uh, you know. Chris, did you have any decks that you were especially surprised by? Uh, now that you've said that none of the red green decks got picked, I'm I'm shocked that none of them went right. Rurik has always traditionally been pretty solid, if unexciting, from a win con mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, it doesn't have the kind of explosive lines that a lot of decks do, but in the metas that we're seeing and the the pods that we're going to be playing, I would expect it to do some real work. Uh, so the the fact that none of these red green decks got picked is just it's a shocker to me. Well, and the fact that Timmy Timmy drafted it last year and played it to some pretty good success. Timmy didn't even touch it. T- Timmy took you know Don Waker picked up Niv Mizzet again, uh, Goto this year, and then Bruce Kamal. And so like Timmy. Timmy told you with his final pick, right? Um, you know, hey, I still like uh, red green stacks, but hey, I'd also like white, please. Um, because I mean, it, Bruce Kamal is very similar to like Rurkthar in a lot of ways, right? You know, very yeah. similar lines, very similar stacks pieces. And only two of the mono blue decks got picked as well. Yeah. Right? It just Orvar and Urza. Uh, we didn't see. Uh, chip dip the reality chip deck go yeah, the reality storm and uh lear is the other one that was uh not picked here yeah which that yeah. one a, a little bit surprises me i know we saw some people like jokingly tweeting about uh trying to make this the year of mono blue and get get some mono blue decks in the top four um but lear i think has some like legitimate gas behind it you know in the hands of a good pilot i think it can do pretty well well the, all five mono white decks go and only two mono blue decks go uh, again, yeah. I, I think it for what we are seeing as a very, very heavy investment in monocolored decks and the favor that they're stirring up right now, I would expect blue and mono blue in particular to rank much higher than it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Because, I mean, when you just think about we're if we're thinking in a vacuum about just the the average cards inside of the decks the things that you are able to put in your mono blue deck versus your mono white deck like there's just some really good cards and obviously having access to counter magic to be able to protect your combos and everything yeah yeah Yeah. well and that's like especially if we're looking at like mono color decks i think like jim like just the fact that he just got urza round three like i i It is shocking to me that a deck like Urza Polycracken, which for a long time was like considered one of the best decks in the format, just dropped and dropped and dropped. And it didn't seem like anybody was going to take it. Um, Well, to speak to what Chris said, there's just there are so many uh, very like 
attractive, enticing sort of looking decks to be picking alongside this. That's the the Urzas of the world really fall by the wayside when there's just so many partner commanders that you can choose from and just partners just so inherently good that it really pushes the the wants to play the older decks like that down a lot more unless you have people who are like really advocating for their their health in the format. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that about wraps things up for us uh, here today. Before we uh, sign off, uh, just uh, want to give you both, you know, uh, Chris will obviously, uh, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about the channel where people can find you and uh, what you what you're all about. Also, also, by the way, congratulations on your preview card that you just had. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) it came out Sunday for those of you watching on Monday. Uh, Super stoked for that. Uh, Thanks to Wizards for the hashtag free preview on that one. Uh, But uh, apart from that, uh, hey, folks, I'm Chris and I'm your commander mechanic. Uh, You can find me everywhere. Fine content is made by searching commander mechanic, uh, especially on YouTube where I do deck techs and combo explainers and a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, I'm very, very close to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. uh, Hoping to hit it by the end of April. So if you aren't subscribed, head on over there, uh, toss a sub to your Witcher smash that like button right we don't uh, just we don't just hit that Sorry. we we smash oh you got Absolutely. it yeah you gotta right? like, break correct. your computer yeah you gotta break <laughs> if your break computer's your, not broken after you it. subscribe to chris and i then you're not doing it correctly <laughs> well and that transitions perfectly uh you know uh, dan tell us a little bit about moderately anonymous Yes, hello everyone. I'm Dan, aka Stormy Daniel, moderately anonymous MTG. I am a YouTube and Twitch streamer. You can find me on Twitch every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, streaming mostly CEDH, but sometimes legacy and vintage and casual EDH as well. And I put out new edited gameplay videos on YouTube every Saturday at noon Eastern. Moderately anonymous MTG on all the platforms, all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for having me, Callahan. This was a really, really fun time. Very glad to come back and uh, chat about everyone's picks. This was very, very exciting. Very much looking forward to the league. Yeah. It's going to be a really great time. Well, now we have to wait as they put their decks together, get everything together, get ready, get their practice games in and begin to get uh, down there and start playing. First game uh, is going to be uh, May 7th. Uh, So and that's going to be between the coalition divisional round. So uh, if you have any division, you know, so you're going to be seeing Ian, Pongo, Six, Spleen, Hal, Inkmoth, Killstar, Shawnee, Cobblepot, Kai, Rebel, Adam, Sliverboy, uh, Hire, Ken, Ryan, and Sage, all on May 7th. What a so lineup. If, what yeah, a no lineup. kidding. Absolutely. And they play each other back to back because they're all playing their divisional games that weekend, their first uh, set of two. So... Uh, that will be May 7th. Games start at 2 p.m. Uh, that will be when uh, kickoff, as it were, or uh, die roll or what is it? First draw. Is that what we, we should call it? First draw will be like at 2 p.m. Uh, and that will be all uh, MLC coverage this year will be over on uh, Monarch Media over on Twitch. They're covering the uh, live events for us this year. So go and check them out on Twitch as well. Uh, with that being said, I do want to thank you guys for joining us today. Just a quick reminder, go follow us on Twitter uh, at Sculpty Boys. Uh, you can find a direct link in the link tree as well. Uh, to that also make sure to go follow at mlc underscore league on twitter uh, to get all of your mlc news and updates as well want to also give an extra shout out to some high tier patrons which is just them cz david snavely dianichis jason bialik matt boehner and senior coupon you too would like to become a patron you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors or check out the link in the description also make sure to like and subscribe if you have enjoyed this video or any of our mlc uh draft coverage videos if you want to see more content like that please make sure to subscribe and go subscribe to these lovely people that joined me today Thank you again for joining us in from all of us here at the Mind Sculptors. I'm Callahan, and we'll see you next time. I'm in line with the stars, I'm in sync with the earth. Ten toes deep, flower child from the turf. I never switch sides, like even when I die, I'm a ride for the squad, a lot of ties in the hearse. I've been on a vibe kind of hard.
from my lips.